Now, I want to encourage you not to miss out on some really important events that are going to really just bless you and, and, and just excite you to see what God is doing. Don't miss the rally on Thursday. Pastor Henry talked about it, but don't miss the rally. If you're a volunteer, don't miss the rally because this is an amazing night in which a hundred plus churches gather together in three different locations, actually four different locations. We started with one rally. Now we have four different locations where churches are going to gather together to pray. It's amazing what God has done. And when people gather together to pray, God can do anything. Amen. It's exciting to see all these Christians gathering together to really be charged up and ready to go for Hope Day. So you don't want to miss it on Thursday evening at 730. It's a powerful thing. Also, there's two other events that you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss Church in the Park. Now, next week, if you show up here at 1230, you will be an hour late and in the wrong location, and you're going to go, did Jesus come back and I got left behind? You don't want to be left behind. And um, so I really want to encourage you. We're not meeting here in the church. We're going to actually be meeting in the park. We've added a component to Hope Day because we want everybody that comes to Hope Day to invite them back to the park, the same area. Say, come back tomorrow. We're going to have church in the park. Now, you know, we're so blessed that we get to worship God outside. And, and we need to take advantage of that right that we have, that privilege that we have. And can you imagine 2,000 people coming together? It's the only time that we can get the whole church together in one day. We have three services. We have overflow. We've got people that were watching all over the world and down the block. And um, so we can't put everybody in the same place. But next Sunday, we're putting the whole church in one place. I want to make sure that you know about that rain or shine. Last, last year it rained. So we got tents this year, really nice tents this year. So we can all be under the tent in case it rains. But I want to encourage you to come out. It's a great time. Listen, I don't know about you, but if you're a parent in the room, don't you like to see your whole family eat a meal together at least once a week? Well, you will bless my heart if you show up and we have a meal together, all together, one church. We are one church, three, three services, different locations, but we're one church next week. We're going to be meeting in the park, church in the park. Don't forget to invite somebody to come to Hope Day with you. Now, you might say, you know what, uh, but they don't need groceries. They need to see hope. I would encourage you to invite your neighbors. They may need it. Or maybe they don't, but they, they, they need to see the church in operation and see the love of God. They're going to see something that is so powerful. Say, come, come with us. We're going to be doing something in the park. We want you to come and, wa and watch and see what we do. Just come and visit with us and have a good time. Let your kids have a great time. This year, we're going to be having a basketball tournament with uh, professional referees. It's, it's like wildfire. The students in the schools, the high schools, they're going crazy over it. We're going to be having a basketball tournament, all kinds of stuff going on don't forget to invite somebody to come out for hope day and then invite somebody to the park the next day now we actually connect everything to each other so we we connect every event to the next event so we had easter we connected Darrow Strawberry to Easter, and man, we had over 2,000 people here at Bethlehem Assembly of God that morning. Then we connected Darrow Strawberry to Mother's Day, and we had a record attendance for Mother's Day. So we're going to connect, listen, we're going to connect Hope Day to Father's Day. And so on Father's Day, invite as many people, invite fathers to come out, invite families to come out. Listen, if the father comes to church, the, listen, if he comes to church, the kids come. This statistically 90%. If a father comes to church, the kids are going to come. That's amazing. I would encourage you to invite somebody to Father's Day. We're going to have a tailgate party outside. We're going to be cooking up a barbecue. We're going to have an antique car show. And we're going to have a great message for the dads and for the family. So I would encourage you, invite somebody to come out on Father's Day. Get ready for a great service. Now, I want you to look at Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And there are certain things that we have to be reminded of over and over again. Why? Because we forget. And tradition is not a bad thing. My family, we have some traditions. Tradition's not a bad thing as long as it doesn't get in the way of obeying God's word. You understand? So Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because their tradition was more important than God's word. 
But there's certain things that Jesus told us that we are, we are to make a, not a tradition as much as to really remember certain things. You remember when God delivered the people from Israel, he said, I want you to remember that by celebrating the Passover. Now we remember the Passover lamb who died on the cross and we celebrate holy communion. And he said, as, and, and as often as you drink this cup, eat this bread, you do it in what? remembrance of me. Why is that so important? Because we often forget that God loves us, that God sent his son, that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid it in full. He paid for our sin in full and he gave us eternal life. And we often struggle with guilt and condemnation as a result of that God wants us to take communion. So we'll remember that his sacrifice was enough. Come on, somebody say amen. We remember Christmas. We remember the birth of Christ. It's a tradition. It's a great tradition. We've kind of got off a little bit, but listen, it's a great tradition. We have Easter as a tradition. We remember when Jesus rose from the dead. We have a tradition. Listen, even today, we're celebrating this weekend Memorial Day, and we should celebrate, or at least we should remember, not so much celebrate, but remember those that have given their life for us. In fact, I want you to take a moment right now, and we're going to pray for the families of people that lost their loved ones in any war. Let's pray right now. Father, we pray, God, for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice. We pray for their families, that you would strengthen their families, Lord, and that you would touch them today as they remember that this is a difficult day for some of them. But thank you, Lord, that they gave the ultimate sacrifice so we can be here today worshiping you in freedom. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you're going to give them strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We remember Veterans Day. We remember Fourth of July. There's certain things that we have to remember. And, and the church needs to remember that we have a mission. We, we often forget what the mission of the church is. And the mission of the church is not just to have a club. It's not just to get together with people. It's not just to hear a sermon and go home. It's not to just be taught the word of God. But the mission is clear and the mission hasn't changed and we need to be reminded of that mission over and over again. And in Mark chapter 16, we find out what is the mission of the church. Jesus dies, he's resurrected, he goes to his disciples and listen what he tells his disciples in Mark chapter 16. He says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. He said, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to preach to everyone. I don't want you to preach to people that it's just easy to preach to, but I want you to preach to difficult people, people that reject the gospel, people that persecute you, people that are other faiths. I want you to let them know that God is a son and his son died on the cross so that they can have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the mission, and the mission has not changed. Notice what happens in Mark chapter 16, verse 19. It says, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then his disciples went out and preached everywhere. So they obeyed. They obeyed the great commission. It was the great commandment. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a boss. I have 60 employees at Bethlehem Assembly of God. And the truth is, when I tell an employee to do something, and they don't do it, and they come back and say, well, you know what, I, I forgot, or, or maybe, you know, I thought you wanted me to do something else, I always say the same thing. What was the last thing I told you? You know what I'm talking about, Mom. When you tell your kids, what was the last thing that I told you, right? Well, the truth of the matter is, is we're going to be accountable to Jesus when we get to heaven. And Jesus is going to say, what did I tell you to do? And the truth is, the only thing that he left for us to do, other than, you know, obviously love one another and care about one another, is to go into all the world and preach the good news. He said, make disciple of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today is a wonderful day. It's a celebration. Why? Because we've got 22 people that are going to be water baptized. Why? Because that's what happens when the church does it right. We go into all the world. We preach the gospel. We disciple them. We baptize them in the name of Jesus. And 
we, we help them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. In fact, you know what Paul the Apostle said? Paul said, I labor as if I am giving birth, that I'm in labor pains until Christ is formed in you. So the mission is clear that we're to go everywhere and preach the gospel to everyone. And we need to be reminded of that. Why? Because often we forget that. I forget that. I forget that the reason why I live, the reason why I breathe, the reason why I still am here on earth is so that I can bring somebody with me to heaven. Somebody say amen. So that I can tell the world how much God loves them. And so today, we as a team, we're going to kind of tag team today, we want to remind you as to what is the clear mission and how God calls us to do that. And I've got some terrific people with me today that, that are going to tag team with me. I've got Franklin Carrera. Now, Franklin actually has helped us uh, for the last several years to actually personally invite people to our Hope Day. So he gets a group of people, and I want to thank everyone, and I keep up with it. In fact, Franklin and I, we talk uh, almost every time you guys go out, and he goes, hey, Pastor Steve, we got 50 people that showed up. We've got warriors. He calls them flyer warriors. <laughs> I love that. And, um, and so I've been keeping up, on, and I want to thank everyone who's come to the church that has given of their time to invite other people to come. You see, we could put it on TV. We could do that. We could put it on the radio. We could put the ads in the Penny Saver and the magazine. But you see, there's nothing like a personal invitation to an event. Come on, somebody. There's just something so powerful when somebody says, you know what, I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to go out into the streets, and I'm going to personally invite people to do it. And Franklin and his prayer warriors have personally invited 35,000 people to our event. Come on, somebody say, that's pretty good. That's awesome. Awesome. And I want to thank you if you've showed up to be a part of that. You know, we have Tori Marcoux. She's actually in charge. She's on the executive team, and she helps me to oversee 21 sites all over New York and New Jersey for Hope Day. But she also helps to direct our site where we're going to have 4,000 to 5,000 people. I don't know, but all the flyers that we're giving out, I think we're going to have a lot of people. And, um, but Tori helps us. And, you know, the thing, the reason why I, I love to have Tori involved is because she doesn't just speak about it. She practices compassion. You know, when, when, when we had Hurricane Sandy, her and her husband for almost a year actually stayed in Island Park giving out food and, and resources to people that were in need. She practices compassion. And so she's going to come today and she's going to talk about why we need to practice compassion. And then we've got Marlene Chin. And you know, good things and powerful things come in small packages. Well, she's a fireball. And she actually has come alongside the team. And she actually has helped us to understand that when you reach somebody, you've got to teach somebody. When you reach somebody, you've got to disciple them. When you reach them, you've got to follow up on them. And you've got to be committed to having a personal relationship with somebody. Because how many know that you just don't get, uh, give birth to somebody and then leave them out on somebody's doorstep? But you care about the people that come into the kingdom. Somebody say amen. And so we've been hearing some incredible stories. And to kind of round it all off, you're going to hear an incredible story from Ruthie. Ruthie's going to tell you why. Ruthie's going to show you why it's, it pays off and we need to do the complete work of reaching, caring, training, discipling, and mentoring someone. And I think after you hear her story, you're going to say, I want to do that as well. And then at the end of that, we're going, to, we're going to baptize people to show you this is exactly how it all works. And so I want you to give it up for Franklin as he comes and encourages us to go into the streets and go where people are. Give it up for Franklin. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Good afternoon, everybody. How y'all doing today? Well, as Pastor Steve said, my name is Franklin Carrera, and I'm one of the leaders here at Bethlehem Assembly of God. And I'm so thankful that I get this opportunity to be part of this team here to compel you to leave on a mission, not just for Hope Day, but to leave on a mission every day for the rest of our lives. And as Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me, he followed with, therefore, go and make disciples to all the nations. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited about this upcoming Hope Day and what God is about to do in Long Island and through the leadership of this church. 
Yeah, you got to clap for that. Now, turn to your Bibles, if you would, to uh, Luke chapter 14, beginning on verse 15. Luke 14, beginning on verse 15. And just so you understand what's going on in the background here, let me give you a little bit of context of what's going on here. So one Sabbath day, Jesus went out to dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees. And Jesus turned to his host and said, when you put on a banquet, make sure you invite the, one, invite the ones who are in need. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who cannot repay you. So listen to what he says in, in Luke chapter 14, verse 15. He says this, when one, of the, when one of those at the table with him heard what Jesus just said, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. So Jesus began to tell them a story, a parable, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Turn to your neighbor and say, the banquet is on its way. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you inviting any guests? And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I just bought, a, uh, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another one said, I just got married and I can't come. Please excuse me. And I can see some of us maybe in this context here saying something like, I have to take my kids to a soccer game so I can come to Hope Day. Or I got a barbecue that I got to go to. So please excuse me. But on verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to his master. And the owner of the house became really angry and ordered his servant, go back quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. So turn to your neighbor and say, you have to go out quickly. You have to go out quickly with some energy. That the master here told his servant that we have to go into the highways and the byways. And bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. But when the master is talking about the blind here, he's just not speaking about the physically blind. But he's speaking about the spiritually blinded. How many of you agree that Valley Stream and the surrounding areas of Long Island needs to see the glory of God through Jesus Christ and the life? Come on somebody, say amen. And on verse 22, the servant said, Master, you have, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still more room to, to, to come. How many of you agree that there's still more room for Hope Day to invite our guest? Verse 23, the master told his servants once again, go out to the highways and the byways to compel them to come in and so that my house may be full. Now, in order for the house of the Lord to be full, in order for the house of the Lord to be packed, that we have to go out and compel them to come in. And the word compelling here is talking about that in order for us to be effective in transforming and restoring our communities through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we must not wait for them to come to us, but that we are called to go to them. Come on, somebody say amen. That it is our action what will create a reaction in order for our community to be transformed. That the master, our Lord Jesus, wants us to be like this servant in this story. How many of you want to be like this servant in this story? This servant was so obedient to his master's request. And he kept coming back out and bringing more people to be able to fill up the house. How many of you agree that in order for the house to, be get, to get packed, that it's going to require all of us getting out of our comfort zone and going out like servants who are willing to do whatever the master wants us to do for his glory. Come on, somebody say amen. And as we seek to continue to bless and invite our guests, that we are reminded of the how could days in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 14. And when you get a chance, when you come back home, I want you to read what he says. Where Paul the Apostle tells us, how can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Aren't you thankful that you're not blind anymore? 
I mean, aren't you thankful that you're not crippled anymore? That you have a voice. That God has given you a voice. Aren't you thankful that some of you went, some, somebody went out of the way to pray for you? And to invite you to come and to be embraced by the love of God? People, it's time to pay it forward. As we look around, the division in America seems out of control. It feels like the ability to empathize with one another is at an all-time low. The words to encourage seem lost in the noise. But there's one language that everyone can understand. It's the root of a smile, the foundation of a helping hand, the first step on the road to understanding. Everyone understands kindness. It's free. It's a choice. It can't be chained by age, race, having or not having. The simple truth is that kindness changes everything. It can bring hope to a single mom. It can restore dignity to a soldier. It can say the words, you are not forgotten, more clearly than anything. And at your event, you will have the opportunity to be kindness. You might give a new pair of shoes to a child who can then confidently walk into school to face another day. Maybe you'll give a haircut to a mom who's chosen to forego the cost of getting one for herself for years. You might pack groceries, provide security, or paint faces. You might do something as simple as look a guest in the eye and ask their name. The kindness that you express in doing these things might be the spark that ignites hope in someone's life. Hope is what strengthens our families, heals our communities, and bridges the divides in our country. And we need it now more than ever. At your event, you have the golden chance to offer something free. And it's not just groceries or a family portrait or a job opportunity, as wonderful as those things are. You have the choice to offer kindness. The choice is simple. Amen. Um... My name's Tori, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just remembering that I didn't say it at the first two services, but my dad was a pastor, and he had a sign actually in his, in his office, a small little sign, and it said, kindness spoken here. And that just came to my memory. I don't know how I forgot that as I was preparing for today, but kindness is a language that everybody understands. It softens hearts. It makes people responsive. It makes them willing to hear what you have to say. So I am all about Hope Day. And I'm all about Hope Day because I'm all about hope. I come to church. I get fed. I get inspired. I get encouraged. We study the word. We hear the word. And we cannot let it reside within us without letting it spill forward. So the scripture that I'm concentrating on this morning is Mark chapter 6, and I really want you to turn there if you have your Bibles, but it's Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 32. It says, it's Jesus with the disciples. They've had a really busy month. They've been casting out demons. They've been telling people about God. They've been healing people. They've been meeting their needs in a very practical way. Jesus was extremely practical. He saw a need, and he knew that he had to meet the need for them to be able to be willing to hear his message. So it said, So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So they're at the Sea of Galilee and they see Jesus and the disciples crossing and they're so desperate to be around them, to hear them, that they run on foot and they meet them there. And when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He saw with his eyes the large crowd. The disciples, they saw a large problem because they knew that these people are going to get hungry. They're going to get tired. What are we going to feed them? But Jesus saw the crowd, and the Bible says that he had compassion on them. In Greek, compa compassion is splagnizome. Splagnizome is not something, it's not a feeling, it's not a feeling of intellect, 
It's something that requires an action. It's a gut-wrenching something that I have to do. He couldn't just look at them and say, oh boy, I'm going to remember those guys in prayer. He had to do something. So we have this compassion within us that it requires an action. He didn't, it was a, a yearning on behalf of someone else. He was compelled to move. So as a child of God, our DNA is different. We are wired differently. We want to see people through God's eyes. And Hope Day gives us this beautiful vehicle of how to meet, how being able to meet people's needs and introduce them to Christ. And some people have said, well, you know, Tori, you know, in Valley Stream, we don't have a lot of projects. We don't have a lot of poor. You know, maybe they have groceries. Maybe they don't need shoes or a haircut. But does everyone need Jesus? So when Jesus saw them, he said he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them. That's our goal. Our goal is that the people, when they come to Hope Day, when they receive goods, resources, a happy smile, a compassionate, loving, caring place, that they meet their Savior. So I am very, very grateful that I live in a church that doesn't just feed us, but equips us and encourages us to go forth. So Jesus saved, he healed, he delivered, he sent, and then he sent the people home. And that's my, my last closing thing is that when Jesus healed the leper or he healed the blind and he delivered the demons from the man, he didn't, and they, you know, they were mesmerized with Jesus. They said, Jesus, we want to follow you. We want to go where you are. And he said, no, go home and tell everyone about me. And that's how others, he started a movement. And so we've, we're starting a movement in Valley Stream. And we are transforming our communities one family at a time, one relationship at a time. Hope Day is the event, but it is certainly not the goal. The goal is that through kindness, through compassion, through loving people exactly where they're at, that we'll have an opportunity to create a relationship with them. And that's how lives get changed, and that's how, com how communities are changed. So God wants to transition us from concern to compassion, and he wants us to get involved. So my challenge is that you expect great things because we serve a great God. We are different. He didn't save us just so we can go to heaven and be with Jesus. He saved us so we could astound the world, so we could love the world with a supernatural love, so we can see people through Jesus' eyes. I've prayed a prayer for 25 years, and the prayer is, Lord, let me see people through your eyes. And if you do that, it will change your life. You'll see opportunities that maybe you didn't think existed, and you will be filled with compassion and filled with a kindness towards others because we don't want anyone, that none should perish. So I really thank you for being willing to serve, but expect great things because we have a great, great God. Thank you. My name is Marlene, and in the next five minutes, I'd like to share with you on relational discipleship. I'm going to read a portion of scripture from St. John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said, who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. And that word Cephas and Peter means a rock or a stone. There are two things that we see in this text. The first is we see the follow-up principle in action. Andrew had met Jesus Christ, and Andrew did not sit on it. He decided he has to go and tell someone, and he found his brother, and he brought Simon to Jesus Christ. The second thing we see in this text is when Jesus met Simon, he actually gave him a name change, and that's incredible. 
Jesus said to Simon, your name is now going to be called Cephas, which means a rock or a stone. And really what happened was happening here was Jesus made a declaration over Simon. It was a declaration of transformation because the Lord knew that Peter was going to spend three years with him and it would be in a relational discipleship. And through that, Peter's life would be transformed. And Peter would now have a rock-like character because he was with Jesus Christ for three years in a relationship with Christ. You see, Jesus laid out a pattern for relational discipleship for us. He cultivated relational depth in his relationships with his disciples. And as a result, it brought about lasting transformation in the lives of these men. And they turned their world upside down for Jesus because of that transformation. Christianity is not just a religion. Christianity is about relationship. First, it's about a relationship with God. Then it's about a relationship with our fellow man. See, the world is longing and it's hungry for relational disciples in action. The world, the lost, will never come to Christ until they see us demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ in a relationship. And we call that relational discipleship. See, if the church wants to impact the kingdom of God in a real way, if the church wants to see extraordinary kingdom results in these last days, we must be intentional, number one. Number two, we must invest time to build deep, trusting, authentic relationships with the people around us. Those that don't know Jesus Christ, we call them pre-Christians or even new converts that need to be discipled. So what does it really mean to uh, be intentional? Intentionality means commitment to make disciples through a relationship. You see, a commitment means I'm in this for the long haul. See, God wants to move us from our comfortable position of taking in. See, we come to church on a Sunday morning and we hear the word of God and we receive. We take in on a Sunday morning. But God wants to shift us. He wants to move us out of the comfortable position of taking in to giving out. And we call that relational investment, investing in someone's life. The second thing that we must do is invest time. Commitment requires an investment of time to build relationships with other people, to build relationship with that Hope Day guest of honor that we meet on Hope Day. See, relationships don't just happen. It takes time to grow. It takes time to grow a real, authentic, trusting relationship with someone. Relationships are not mass-produced. They're slow to grow. You got to reap and then you got to sow and then you have to reap. It's like an agricultural concept when you think about relationships. It cannot be rushed. Jesus invested time in the lives of 12 men. He could have focused on the crowds, but he realized that he needed to build a deep, authentic relationship with these men in order for them to complete their mission which is the Great Commission. And so in conclusion, I want to leave this with you. Relational discipleship is not a program. It must flow out of love from us and a genuine friendship with others. And so I want to ask you this question. Will you invest to disciple someone? Will you invest to commit to follow up with that one guest from Hope Day? And let's see what God can do with one person at a time, one couple at a time, one family at a time as we watch God transform their lives. You know, relational discipleship works, church. And I want to invite Ruthie Polanka to come and share her story. Ruthie's an illustration of what happens when the church does it right, when the church reaches out, when the church shows compassion, and when the church does relational discipleship the right way.
Good afternoon, everybody. As you know, my name is Ruth Polanco. I've been living here in Valley Stream for the past 10 years. And until I went to Hope Day, I didn't know how alone I was. I felt the warmth from the entrance from every church volunteer that was there as I, as I encountered them. I continued to walk and I felt walking like into a beautiful dome, surrounded completely with lots and lots of love and more things I didn't understand I was feeling. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't explain, but I wanted to find out, and I did. I kept asking questions. The volunteers there were more than willing and helpful to hug and show and teach, and they told me where to go. I came to Bethlehem the next Sunday, and since then I've joined the classes, foundations, um, I forgot the second one. And the last one that I am now in shape with the ladies here. The pastors and everybody here are, are great. They're informative. They have time. They teach you. I've grown from them. And I love all of them and all of you. And I thank you for listening. Thank you, Ruthie. So, Ruthie, so you went, you were living in Valley Stream for 10 years, correct? And, and uh, you came to Hope Day, and you walked through Hope Day. What did you experience as, as an, a, a guest to Hope Day? Oh, the warmth, the love, the hugs, the smiles. Wow. Wow. And so what happened was, is as you said in the first service, that you basically... You saw it, and you said, oh, man, I'm, I feel loved, and I feel compassion. Where can I find more of that? Where can I find, you know, God? And you came here the next week. Yes, and, and you committed your life to Christ, and then you went to the classes, and you got disciples, and then you were water baptized the last time. Amen? And that's what it's all about. Amen? People investing in people and seeing God grow. Let's give it up for, for, for Ruthie today. Thank you, Ruthie. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome. And so as we conclude this morning and as we prepare to baptize people in water, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, All authority has been given to me, therefore you go and make disciples and teach them all that I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I am with you to the end of age. And so we've taken you through the process of actually going into the streets and inviting people to come to Hope Day. Go, Jesus said, go into the highways and byways and, and compel them to come. And don't wait for them to show up. But you go out and get them because the message of the gospel is too urgent, too important, and too eternally uh, critical for people not to hear it. And then we talked about compassion, that we need to do it with compassion. And Tori talked about move, being moved to action. And not just sitting in church, but doing something about it. And Marlene talked about individual, personal, relational discipleship. And what happens when that happens? Well, then we have the joy of being able to see people going from just hearing about the gospel to experiencing the gospel to embracing the gospel to living out the gospel, to being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And one of the symbols of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, and one of the ways that we can acknowledge to the world that we have been initiated into the family of God, and we are now a disciple of Jesus, is to be water baptized. And 22 people are going to be water baptized today. Let's give a, a hand to them. That's what happens when the church reaches out. That's what happens when the church does their part, God always shows up and does the miracles of changing people's lives. Isn't this awesome? 
We got to let the parents see what's going on. So that's what all these people are. So. Come on, stand right over here. So our first person is Giselle Duncombe. Woo! Giselle, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now we've got Logan Whitehurst. Logan, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We got Brianna Josher. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've got Victoria Guerrero. Victoria, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Albert Gonzalez. Albert, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have Jasmine Badman. Jasmine, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Joshua Reynoso. Josh, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, he baptized yes. you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. 
Do you want to say a few words? Yes. Um, I was born premature, and I wasn't, the doctors told my mom and my dad, I wasn't, they wasn't sure if I was going to live, but I'm here. So, 35 years later. Akina, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We have Jeremy Badman coming now. Jeremy, is there anything you'd like to share? Jeremy, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, faith we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we've got Mike Mojica now. Yes. Thank you, God, for my family. They're attending here today. Thank you for the love that you've given me. Thank you for my faith. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your pastors. And um, do what we will. Um, I'm yours. Thank you. Michael, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you serve him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Edward Baller. Edward, is there anything you'd like to share? No. Edward, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you live for him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the confession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Chetley, do you want to share a few words? Yes. Go ahead. I just want to thank God. I'm just feeling very excited and blessed. Um, I'm just overwhelmed. Um, 
I'm just ready to start this new beginning with Christ as my Savior. Chadley, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now we have Reginald Brandt. I would like to thank my wife, Zaina, my two sons, Ty Kim and Jordan. And I also would like to thank my co-worker, Carlos, for helping me go down this path. Reginald, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Kenneth Vines. Kenneth, do you want to say a few words? Yes, I want to thank Carlos for bringing me here today. Thank you very much. Okay. Kenneth, have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It would be my joy to say your will, your way. It would be my joy to say your will, your way. It would be my joy to say your will, your way, always. Can we sing it out? It would be my joy. It would be my joy to say your will, your way. It would be my joy to say your will, your way. It would be my joy to say your will, your way, always. It would be my joy. It would be my joy. Saunders. Sharon, do you want to say a few words? Yes. Go I would ahead. like to thank Carlos for Perez for always being there for me. And thank you for helping me take my spiritual walk. Amen. Amen. Sharon Sanders. Sharon. All right. Sharon, have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Denise Townsend. Denise, do you want to say a few words? Yes. Go ahead. I'd like to thank God for accepting me, even though I don't deserve to be accepted. I want to thank my mom for teaching me the true meaning of being a Christian. I want to thank my family, my husband Fred, my son Delana, and my daughter Dana for giving me the support as I embarked on this journey. Denise, have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live Him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Judine Codner. Do you want to say a few words? Yes, I would like to thank my husband, my daughter, and my son for walking with me through this journey. Judy, have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes, I have. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Next, we got Frank Zambrano. Frank, is there anything you'd like to share? Yes, I'd like to thank Carlos Perez for helping me get here. Frank, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you live for him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Tatiana Erivo. Tatiana, do you want to say anything? No, I'm good. You sure? Yep. Okay. Tatiana, have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Franz Voltaire. Franz, is there anything you'd like to share today? I would like to thank my wife and my friends for coming supporting me. Franz, has you, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And will you live for him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Franklin Diaz. Franklin, do you want to say anything? I want to thank my family and my friends. It's been a long journey. Amen. Pastor Steve, can you say it? We're back. Franklin, do you know that Jesus loves you? Yes. With an everlasting love? Yes. And your past is your past. It's been buried and gone. And when Jesus does a new work, he does a complete work, Franklin. Complete. 
now I want to pray the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. I pray the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to baptize you in His fire and to set you apart for the power of the Spirit to work mightily in your life, for every chain to be broken over your life. At this point on, may you know this is a new day. May you walk in the power of a new day. His mercies are new every day. And the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And He will use you in a mighty way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Frankly, have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you desire to live for Him for the rest of your life? Yes. Based on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it? We're done. Let's give all these folks a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Hallelujah. Hey, listen to me for a moment, then I'm going to let you go. But listen, this is a very deep moment. This is a very emotional, deep moment for these folks. Because they've come to a place in their life where they recognize that Christ died for their sins. Look over here. Christ died for their sins, and they couldn't do it on their own. And they surrendered their life to God. And Christ came in, and they were made new again. Jesus said, lest you be born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in, and he does his best work. So I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray a blessing for you today. Maybe... You came today as a guest. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of our service. Maybe you came today out of just respect for someone else, but you don't know for sure in your heart if you died today, you'd go to heaven. And the reason you don't know that is because you just, you're not, you just don't know where you are with God. I want you to know that He loves you so much. That he came and died on the cross for your sins and he's reaching out to you right now and he wants to heal your broken heart he wants to touch your confused mind and he wants to give you everlasting life and it's not based on you being good because i know somebody's saying in this room but i can't be good enough you can't on your own but that's where jesus comes in and does his part he comes in to change your heart and your life you say pastor pray for me today i I need Jesus in my life. I want to turn my life over to God today. I want to do something that I do every Sunday. I invite you right now to open your heart to God. Just say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want God to be the center of my life. I want to turn my life over to God. I want you to raise your hand right now in this place, wherever you are, and say, yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. In the balcony, you say, I want to turn my Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else in this place? Yes, I want to turn my life over to God today. I want to pray a simple prayer with you today. And then I'm going to invite you after the service. We have counselors that are going to be standing here. And they want to give you a free gift. They want to give you a gift. They want to give you a gift to help you on your way to becoming a strong believer in God. We can't do that unless we give you this gift because this gift has everything you need to learn how to be that strong believer. And we want to pray for you today. We want to bless you today. So before we do that, though, let's all pray together this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my struggles come into my heart come into my life be my lord and my savior from this day forward i will follow you in jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer for the first time listen 
Christ came into your heart, the Bible says to as many as received him, God gave him the right to become children of God. We want to invite you right after the service to come and see one of these counselors. They have something for you today that's going to bless your heart.